Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech and media and business and beyond about everything except their resumes today. Big day on the pod. We have Joanna Stern, who is the senior personal technology columnist at the Wall Street Journal, though she's done a lot of other super impressive, really interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask her that much about. Joanna, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And thank you for saying that entire title in like one breath. That was really impressive. Oh, I got you. I'm very excited to have you here today. Are you ready to jump in? I'm so excited to be here. And I guess so. I, don't, I mean, I listened to a couple <laughs> of episodes. I can see where this is going, but yeah, okay. I think I'm ready. Love it. We see the road ahead and now we're going to walk down it and all of its many twists and turns. I can't wait. I'm going to be on an e-bike, but you could walk. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Main Street. Every day when I log on to Twitter, I'm greeted by Nick Abuzade's smiling face besides a promoted tweet about Main Street asking me if I am a seed stage startup. Unfortunately for me, I'm not, but you might be. So founders, here's the deal. You're owed more than $50,000 in tax credits from the government, seriously. And Main Street can get it back for you in 20 minutes. The truth is that the first 30 to 50,000 times I saw ads for Main Street, I thought it sounded too good to be true. But then Nick gave me the rundown. The U.S. government annually sets aside $100 billion for startups. Main Street connects directly into your payroll system to find which of those credits and incentives apply to your business. Then they'll advance you on the cash you're owed in real time at 0% interest. Oh, and 90% of venture-backed startups qualify. It costs nothing to find out how much you're owed, and listeners of Non-Technical can book a free white glove onboarding call today at MainStreet.com slash Non-Technical. So some professional context on Joanna for our listeners. Joanna Stern is a senior personal technology columnist at the Wall Street Journal. She's an award-winning journalist who has spent the better part of two decades covering gadgets and apps and helping people make smarter tech decisions. Among other honors, she received the 2016 Loeb Award in video for her out-of-the-box but always informative short films. She was recently a part of the Wall Street Journal team nominated for two Emmys. Ms. Stern is a CNBC contributor and often appears on national television and radio programs. Before joining the journal in 2013, she was the technology editor at ABC News. And before that, a reviewer and editor at The Verge. She graduated from Union College in Schenectady, New York, and lives in New Jersey with her wife, son, and dog. Joanna, I love that I called you Miss Stern in this bio. I know. Very <laughs> impressive reading of my bio. Yes. How did it feel? <laughs> I mean, you pronounced Schenectady right, which was amazing. You called me Miss. Mm-hmm. Pretty all around very impressed with what you did there. I do sort of like the formality of me starting off a casual chat podcast with Miss Stern, is a CNBC contributor. Well, that's what I like about this show. You're sort of like, none of that matters. Your professional yeah. bio doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's all BS anyway. And <laughs> now we can move on to this. And now we can move on. I've been really looking forward to our interview. You and I first sat down when you were interviewing me for an article about Clubhouse. I was. What did I say in that piece? You took my Clubhouse virginity because yeah. you introduced <laughs> yes. me to what it was like to host a room. I mean, I yep. had been in Clubhouses before, mm -hmm. but you helped me really do Clubhouse. And I haven't had a successful Clubhouse like that since. So yeah, it was all downhill from there. Well, I get that feedback a lot, you know, from people in my life. But anytime you want to hop back into club, let me know. 
Yeah, like I've been in Clubhouse since that piece. I still find myself like tuning in or listening in at certain times of the week. Mm. But yeah, lately I just, I'm not still listening at dinner, which is good. I mean, my my (laughs) wife and my son are pretty happy. (laughs) I'm sure there are some people that are pretty happy with that development. Yeah. You know, you're always welcome to tune into my talk show. You know what though? It's a lot of this. It's a lot of what you're experiencing right now. So this might be enough for you. But I like that. Like I like the consistency of like, oh, Alexis, her show is on at this time and like, I tune in, you know. It's fun. How does it feel to you as a journalist being on the other side of the microphone, being interviewed about yourself? Being interviewed about myself is a little weird, but I'm on the other side of the microphone so much more than Mm -hmm. I think I'm on the other side. Like, I don't feel Mm -hmm. like I'm actually doing that much of the interviewing anymore on Mm -hmm. podcasts or videos. Like, I do a lot of my own self-talking. But yeah, I feel like I'm constantly answering questions. Totally. Well, I think your videos and your columns are really informative, but I also think that you're very funny. That's what makes them so fun to watch. Thank you. I mean, I'm not like you in like sort of a comedian by trade. And I've always thought of, hey, would it be cool if like, would I want to try to do improv or do some sort of stand up? And I just am like, that seems so nerve wracking. But I still get to have like a little bit of improv in definitely when I'm doing interviews. But yeah, a lot of what I do is really scripted. And like, I'm always thinking like, how can I make this boring, dry topic fun and exciting and help people learn and get advice along the way. Totally. And two things that I learned about you recently that made me particularly stoked to have you on. One is that it seems like you are also invested in cord organization, computer cords. Okay. Because this is something you and I have in common. And I saw on Twitter a photo of your dongle bag. And I know that you were speaking about that, I think, this morning. Yeah. I was on CNBC this morning. It was a dream come true. My column last week was about Mm -hmm. this transition back to work and how we're going to have a desk at home in our home office. And then we're going to have our desk at the office office. And that's going to be like hot desking and this whole Mm -hmm. crazy hybrid work. But I was like, the most important thing is that your dongles are organized because you're going to need to drag them from the home office to the office office. And I had been wanting to find an excuse to buy a new dongle bag. And this was just like the perfect excuse. So I went on a little shopping spree. Of course, expensed it all as one has to do for their job, of course. And I bought a new dongle bag. It has all these little pockets in it that I can like put the adapters in or wrap up the cords and put them in or put the SD cards in a little zipper pocket. Yes. Yes. Loving it. It's really magic. I'm happy for you, honestly, because so I love good cord organization and it's something that requires a lot of upfront investment, but it pays dividends. Strong ROI. How do you organize? How do you think about your cord organization? So I have a serious hardware bag from Peak Design because I not only have a few cords, but I have a microphone, I have an external recorder, Mm -hmm. I have a camera, I have a a shotgun mic, all kinds of fun stuff that I can do audio and video wherever I go. So I have like a very legit gear bag that like, Every time I open it, I'm so excited. I'm like, nice bag, Alexis. Like, it just feels so legit to use this bag. I'll send you a photo. I'll send you a link to it. It's very satisfying. And then what I also do for all my cords is I have those little Velcro tabs around them. Mm -hmm. And it just, even looking at them right now, I'm just so satisfied. It's just satisfying to me looking at like nicely wrapped cords. Yeah, I will say like at home, I am not the best. I have in the side of my office, these, you know, storage containers where Mm -hmm. I have like the ones that are most used and I just like throw them in there. But then in this other side of my office, which you probably can't see, but I've got old cords and I have this other problem where I don't want to throw anything away. Like you never know. You never know when. I know, I know. 
mini USB is going to come back in, right? Or when like is it, Firewire. It's come back with a vengeance. You'll never be able to buy another one ever again. Right. You don't, you never know. You never know when your Canon camera from 1995 is going <laughs> to be needed and you need to charge it right away and go. Do you currently have a Firewire cable somewhere in your house? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, maybe we should see if the Smithsonian is interested in a donation. <laughs> never, never. These are mine. If you want to come visit my Smithsonian when COVID <laughs> is done, then you can come to my house, everybody listening to this podcast. Yes, open invite. I have all of that stuff too. You know what I found recently is I found my clip-on iPod Nano. I don't know if you remember when they did those little squares. We have one here. Yes. Yeah. I'm never getting rid of that thing. Are you kidding? Never. Our clear shared appreciation of cord organization. And then the third reason why I wanted to talk to you is that your dog has one of the best names of any dog I've ever I've ever heard about. Your dog is named Browser. Yes. And he's here in the corner listening to the podcast as per usual. His name is Browser after Web Browser. It is so cute. It's so cute and so funny. And every time I see a photo of him or hear mention of him from you, I'm just like, oh God, that dog is great. When we first got him, we were like, oh, there could be a million names. And then after you've had your dog for so long, you're like, there's no other name this dog could have been. It's just had to be Browser. (laughs) I totally get that. This dog had to be Browser. Did you consider any sort of elongated name or is he named after a particular Browser? Not any particular Browser. Like I knew I wanted to do a tech-based name and me and my wife came up with like a long list. One name that my sister really thought was great for him, especially after we got him, was Napster because he naps Uh, all the time. uh, Yeah, I know. It's a good name for a dog. Anyone out there, you can take it. It's free for you right now. That was the other name, but he's just Browser. He's just, I can't say it because he'll get up and come over here. Browser is perfect, too, because it's agnostic to any sort of company or platform. So no matter what goes down in the news, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what could come out about Napster this far after the fact, but you never know. And then you you never know. Change your dog's name. Totally. He's a great dog. And, you know, also it's like feels like a bragging right these days. Like I had a dog before the pandemic. Yeah, (laughs) that's so true. Before it was cool. I had a dog before there was a, a pandemic and because everyone has dogs now. I don't. So now I'm counterculture. No, look at me. I'm a rebel. You really are. I mean, I get that a lot. Yeah. Controversial rebel, you know? <laughs> I mean, it is these days. Not having gotten a pet during the pandemic, I feel like is a is a controversial thing. I got a podcast instead. That gets all my love and attention. And that takes up just as much time and requires just as much training and preparation. Great point. So something that you mentioned to me is that you don't have a ton of free time. You've got both the dog, you have a small child, you are married. What is your routine after you close your laptop for the day and stop working? Like, what's the first thing you do? I don't really close my laptop. Well, I think the issue is that like I close my laptop, but then Mm -hmm. I open it again. So I'm like, sure, my evenings, especially in the pandemic year has been okay, stop, close my laptop, maybe around 6.30 when my son is going to bed. So I do the bath time and bedtime Mm -hmm. routine. And then I'll eat, make dinner, have something to eat and sit down with my wife. We'll maybe do that for a little bit. And then we'll sit on the couch and I usually open my laptop again. Okay. Yeah, basically never really close the laptop. Sure. It sounds like though a good effort is made though for after work and then for there to be like a pause. 
I'm yes. feeling the effort in that pause. Yes. That's great. And that's been like a really nice thing about the pandemic is like usually what would have happened is like a couple days a week I could have come home from work for that. And we usually kind of split it. Me and my wife, we were both working in the city. We live in New Jersey, but we commute to New York. I mean, sometimes I have meetings around that time and I like nothing I can do because I'm always talking to people on the West Coast. But yeah. most of the time I try to like, okay, that hour, that hour and a half of when we're putting him to bed, I can like just go upstairs. And it's like a really clean line between like finishing work for a portion of the day and then going. Have you ever been known as the something person, like the math girl in high school or something like that? Not really. My high school superlative was nothing like funny, really. I mean, I guess it was kind of funny to people who picked it, but it was most likely to take the bus because I was very young for my grade. Oh, me too. Yeah. So I was very young for my grade. So I didn't get my license till senior year of high school Mm -hmm. because I went to a a private school where I'd have to drive to it. So I was on the bus till my senior year while everyone else had their like licenses Mm -hmm. and was carpooling or whatnot. Why were you young for your grade? Just birthday? Yeah. I'm just like so smart, I think. And so... So like I was just a genius and so like I just got started early. I I don't I think yeah, I think it's exact like I was born in December and some cut off and so you know, they sped it up and they were like, okay, let's put her with the year ahead. And so I was always the youngest, which was a real pain in the ass, especially for drinking later in life. It was like, Oh, you're not twenty one yet, all your friends are twenty one. That sucks. Mm -hmm. So you didn't turn 21 then until, I guess, like halfway through your senior year of college. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. That's completely right. And it was, I did not have a fake ID. Oh, no. sure, no. I would certainly never, definitely couldn't ever have considered. Right. No, definitely did not have it. Even just suggesting it is, you know. Right. My birthday's in January. So same deal. Same deal. Yeah. 21. Yikes. Oh, wow. That's worse Mm -hmm. than me. Mm-hmm. A mm-hmm. whole month worse. Yeah. Yeah. One of my best friends from college had the same situation. We were both the youngest in our college year. So she also had the 21 issue. So I guess then you could have also been known as like the youngest person. Were you ever the youngest? I guess like, so. The n- younger one? Yeah. I mean, I like to think that now, like that I'm just so young. And same. same. Yeah. <laughs> I think you are younger than me. <laughs> but famously, we're both known as just being super young. Famously young. Yes. But like now <laughs> I'm realizing like, oh, I'm older. You know, companies go through waves where they're like, we need to bring in younger people. And I'm like, but I'm still the youngest. Like, what what do you mean? (laughs) It's a state of mind. It's a state of mind. Right. I actually do really like to be whatever age that I am, though. I'm not one of those people that chases the fads of being younger. I'm noticing this a lot with peers of mine right now. trying to act like they're 10 years younger and they're talking like they're 10 years younger and stuff. And I'm like, it's okay. You can just be the age you are. That's fine. I'm totally that way too. I mean, I like to obviously just for my job, it makes me good to know what younger people are doing, especially on the internet. And that's very core, but like, I don't need to do those things. Um, yeah. Like last year I was doing a piece on TikTok and I tried to like go viral on TikTok and I was really into it. And then I was just sort Mm -hmm. of like, it's okay. It's okay if I don't go viral on TikTok. (laughs) That's like the mantra of everyone or anyone born before the 2000s. Like, I don't need to go viral on TikTok. I don't need to go viral on TikTok. (laughs) What's the tiniest hill that you're willing to die on? Like something really inconsequential that you would really go to bat for? Well, I have a couple of things here. Okay. The first is it doesn't matter how you load the dishwasher. The stuff needs to get in the dishwasher and it just needs to get cleaned. And if it's not perfect, it's okay. Okay. I fight about this a lot with my wife. If you Mm -hmm. feel differently 
that's fine, but you're wrong. Okay. You got to get the shit in the dishwasher. I don't care. And it needs to get into the dishwasher and it needs to start. And if it doesn't fit, and if you don't like how it's put in there, and then you Mm -hmm. have to take stuff out and put it in the sink and wait till the next dishwasher, it's really not worth it. Just put it all in the dishwasher. Okay. So this is an incredible hill. Briefly, just let's unpack. Have you ever encountered a situation where the dishes don't get clean as a result of what we could call just like haphazard? Yes, I, I, I know what you're referring to, like the glass coming out with dirty water or yeah. has stuff around the rim because right. it wasn't placed in correctly. And yeah. you know what? That's better than it being completely dirty. You know what? I have truly never thought of it like that. That <laughs> any amount cleaner is technically... <laughs> A net positive. And, you know, you might have to run it again or you might not have to run it again. And you could just clean it like people did before there were dishwashers. Yes. Yes. You remember those days? I mean, we don't remember those days because we're so young. So young. Exactly. Famously young. I don't remember that at all. What's a CD? Uh, Yeah. So I totally. Wow. Yeah, I can sense that you don't agree with me. I'm, I'm aligned with your wife on this. I mean, you guys are all wrong. You know, we can have differences of opinions, I think, on this particular topic. I think it's about approach. Like, I'd rather do the upfront work and to make sure, like, I'd rather run the dishwasher twice or I'll Mm -hmm. do some stuff by hand to make sure it all fits, whatever, than later have, like, anything but sparkling clean dishware returned to me. I think that's a good approach. But I just think of, like, hey, I don't really want to spend any time at the sink right now. All Mm -hmm. these things go in the dishwasher. That's its job. Yep. That's true. <laughs> That's a really good point. At CES this year, there was a robot announced by Samsung that mm-hmm. it has these like special arms so it can do a lot of things in the kitchen, but like yeah. the best thing it can do is pack the dishwasher. <gasps> and it's amazing. I mean, oh my God. of course it's never going to work as promised or yeah, like no, it will in like 2030 or 2030, yeah. 2030. That's like, that's like, Never. But yeah, so I think that's probably the solution to everyone's problems is like humans don't even pack the dishwasher. We don't have these fights. Mm -hmm, We mm -hmm. don't engage with this big machine in this way. We just don't. But until then, you just got to put everything in the dishwasher. Okay. I like the chaos of that position. I find it chaotic, but I support you in that chaos. I had one more. Oh, tell me. You don't need to eject the SD card or the disk, the external disk that you plug into your laptop. Oh my God. Joanna, tell me more because this is the bane of my existence. The thing is, is that everyone will say you do, Mm -hmm. but you know you've done it and nothing's ever happened. Ever. Nothing nothing has ever happened. So why do we have to do it? Because I'm a rule follower, Joanna, because they tell me the rules and I say, okay. <laughs> I think that that's one that you just, I stopped many years ago. I was just like, why am I like always doing this for the SD card? Like dragging it to the trash can, right. e- ejecting it. It's never done anything. You've never lost footage or anything? I never have. I mean, now, like, I don't want to say this and then everyone goes lose their footage. I'm knocking on wood for you. Anyway, that's just my opinion on that. I'm honestly thrilled to hear that, though. I mean, this happens to me multiple times a day, as you can imagine. I've got Mm -hmm. SD cards. I've got hard drives, you know, and all that stuff. I'm losing years of my very young life moving these things to the trash can. I really should do some more reporting on it. Obviously, the reason for it at some point was if you had an external drive that was a hard drive and had spinning disks in it, you wanted it to stop. But... Do you need to do that with solid state drives? If you are listening to this podcast and you have the answer to this, please reach out. Yeah, sincerely, because you'd be saving. I mean, wow, that would be awesome. Okay, I love that hill. I loved both of your hills equally in my heart, but that Mm -hmm. one has real value for my life. (laughs) 
So I really right. like that one a lot. And I'm happy you came around on the dishwasher stuff. So that's really great. Yeah. Is that where we ended on that? I think that's maybe... what I heard. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's something that you're really good at that would surprise people to learn? Hmm. I was thinking about what my answer to this question is. And I think mine is bowling. Really? I'm, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty good at bowling. And I think that's would surprise a lot of people. I'm not bad at bowling, but it's really hit or miss. Sometimes okay. it's like, everyone's like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. You had like so many strikes. And other times it's just yeah. like, no, you just were like gutter all the time. Yeah. Mine is a big confidence thing. If I start hitting gutter balls, it's like basically all over. But if I can stay, you know, keep my head in the game, I've beaten people before I've like won in bowling and also I guess for the record I'm terrible and tragic at like all athletic endeavors so the fact that I'm good at this one random thing is really special that is keeping on that sports theme I'm actually quite good at golf oh really uh golf golf or putt putt golf golf driving range golf nice I can hit the ball very far and have decent control over after taking a number of lessons when I was younger cool so maybe that there's a lot of pretty golf courses in New Jersey too right places to play? Yeah. I mean, I mostly have played like when I'm on vacation or in California, but yeah, I still have clubs and maybe one day I'll take it up a little bit more seriously again. Is there a fad that you look back on participating in now that makes you a little cringy? That could be like fashion, workout, anything cultural? God, there's so many fashion things. So, so many fashion things. I would say in college, yeah, it was in college. Like it overlapped a little bit after I graduated, but tube tops Mm. were really in. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. And I'm really thinking like those were not shirts and like I shouldn't have worn those. And we also did this thing in college where we use scarves as shirts. Scarves as shirts. Okay. Multi-purpose. Silk scarves and like tied them as shirts. And that was just a bad idea. Hmm. Innovative though. Sort of. Resourceful. Yeah. yeah. Good for the planet. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it must've been a scarf tying. I don't know. I mean, it's like probably some celebrity was doing it and we were like, yeah, let's all do this. And for so sure. we would like go out. And so, yeah, that, I think that's definitely a fad that I'm, I'm not anymore. What if it makes a comeback? What would you do? Would you participate? I don't think so. Yeah. I, I mean, I could that. see tube tops making a comeback for sure. I think they will. I think we're actually on our way to tube tops making yeah. a comeback because the crop top has come back with a vengeance. The crop top is back. And I think that the tube top is just the next iteration of the crop top, if you will. Yeah. I didn't do the crop top resurgence, though. I, I wasn't I into it. But I love a crop. I love a nice crop top. I know a lot of people that do. Yeah. I think that's the one. I think I'm going to go with tube top on this answer. Awesome. What is the most memorable gift you've ever given or received? I don't get a lot of gifts. It's my sad, (laughs) sad life. I get no gifts. I would say that the best gift I've ever gotten were the sweatpants that my wife got me this year because I have not taken them off from my birthday, which was in December. Like she got me like, I don't know, seven pairs of just like nice sweatpants. And she was like, here, just Uh, wear these. You stop wearing the same ones that you've been wearing since March. Like here's a bunch of nice sweatpants. So I think that was the nicest, most sentimental, memorable gift I've ever gotten. That's a really great gift. Are they all different colors? or is it seven pairs of the same exact pants? They're different. Some are from Old Navy, some are from Athleta, some are, uh, what's the other brand? Lewis and Gray. They're just like very comfortable sweatpants. That's so nice. And the fact that you didn't even have to pick them out, that's exactly. Oh, I love stuff like that. That's awesome. Do you have a more memorable gift? Like, do you have something a little bit more sentimental? Hmm. My dad and I have started a new tradition for Christmas gifts. 
over the last few years where instead of buying things, he writes me a poem and I record the cover of a Christmas song for him. Wow. And that's really special because instead of doing, you know, oh, what do you want? What size? What color? Whatever. I get to look forward to like receiving this poem. And so I have a small collection of poems from him. And then I pick a song, a Christmas carol or Christmas song. And then I I work on it and then I record it for him and send it. Wow. I didn't even know that you sang. Yeah. I used to sing and I used to play guitar and now I, I just sort of don't. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Yeah. That's way better than sweatpants. <laughs> Um, sweatpants was so good. <laughs> so that's such me, a nice thing. I know it is really, really nice. But also if somebody gave me seven pairs of sweatpants, I'd be stoked because some, the thing that I like about getting gifts is when I don't have to do, like, yeah. I just don't want to do stuff. I don't want to make decisions. Mm-hmm. The best birthday gifts people can give to me are, here's what time you need to show up at this place. And I'm like, thank you. That's all I want. That's yeah, I, want. I agree with you. I agree. And it's like buying stuff that you just like, know you need, but you're never getting around to it. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. So a question I have for you is if we were to make a movie about your life, A, who would play you? But then B, should this be a biopic or should we focus in on like a particular year or time in your life so far? It's a really random actress who should play me. But have you ever seen the movie Mrs. Doubtfire? Of course. So the character who plays the oldest daughter, whose name I can't remember right now, but Mm -hmm. the actress's name is Lisa Jacob. Okay. Basically, when we were kids, I looked exactly like her. Okay. If you look at the cover of Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes. I look like I'm in that movie. Oh my God. I'm going to look it up. You should look it up right now. This is a really great get. I wonder if she's available. I have spoken to her. You have. She follows me on Twitter and okay. we've definitely conversed. A number of years ago, somebody pointed this out. I had already, my sister made fun of us, like made fun of me throughout my childhood. The VHS box that we had for Mrs. Doubtfire, like had my name on it and like, oh, wow, she really does look a lot like you. <laughs> Which is like also a little embarrassing because she's like, I don't know, eight in that photo. Lisa, wow, she could totally play you. Yeah, I think she has to play me. It's just the right thing. It's totally random. No, it's perfect. Um, What part should she play? I mean... Yeah, we could do biopic, like total, you know, um, start to present. Or if there's a particular, like, year that was super interesting or period of time. I think, like, my... 20s is an interesting time. Okay. Historically, that will, you know, maybe in 30 years, it will be very interesting to look back at what it was Mm -hmm. like for a woman in media in Mm -hmm. a male-dominated tech industry to to cover tech. Plus, that was this time where I, you know, met my wife and sort of had a life change in that way. So I think think that area, that time, but who knows? Who knows what I'll grow up to do? Because I'm so young. Because famously young, of course. I love this idea. So that period of time career-wise sounds really interesting. And then something that you and I were talking about earlier is that you met your wife on Twitter. So it feels like there's some nice narrative we could pull through, reporting in tech, yes. meeting your wife online. It's that this would make a compelling film. I like that. I think that's, I think that will be, you know, maybe that's a scene or like it opens with, you know, tweets and love on Twitter. It's actually not that. Opening on tweets is good. I think the question is, do we want to go like rom-com or do we want to go sort of like career plot or I think, but I think both. Yeah. I think we need both in there. Was it like Working Girl was the movie with, what's her name? Famous in the 80s. I don't remember Working Girl. 
Yes, Bellany Griffith, and she, okay. no, I think she works as... I'll watch the movie before we do this one, before we write this one. Yeah, before we write the movie, good idea. Yeah, yeah. Do you know who would play your wife, you think? She always thinks like a not very well-known actress looks exactly like her, but... um. <laughs> I do appreciate, though, that we're going off the beaten path because I feel yeah. like these very talented people might be available for us. And then we could create an epic film that would also add to their careers. I don't know. Maybe like Jessica Biel. Oh, nice. OK, great. That'd be really fun. I yeah. love that combo. OK, this is going to be a really exciting movie. I think there's a lot of good themes that we could play with here. Okay, let me ask you this. What makes you laugh? I have like a very like crude sense of humor. So like bathroom humor is very funny to me. My son makes me laugh a lot now too. He's three and a half and just says like the weirdest things and the funniest oh. things. And you're just, it's sort of like if someone tried to say like your own jokes back to you, but like as a three and a half year old, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> like it wasn't funny when she said it, but. Uh, that's so, great. Yeah, I think. Those kind of things make me laugh. Totally. So if you had to do a stand-up set tomorrow, like if you had to do five minutes at an open mic, what would you talk about? Maybe this dishwasher thing seems to like yes. to really have gotten you. Well, I think that it's, I think it's coming out with like a strong position right off the bat that it would at least keep people captivated. You know? Yeah. I also think like it's, I mean, again, not to talk about my job, but just tech advice and like how nobody listens to me and my family. <laughs> oh my God, Really? Yeah, nobody. Like, it's like, oh, we were hacked. And oh, we didn't change our passwords ever. Oh. It's like, okay, well, I, you deserve it. That's so wild. <laughs> yeah, you nobody are like an expert on <laughs> personal technology. Nobody listens to me. Oh, no. No, but maybe that's not so funny. It's just sad. I think that's very relatable. I've been trying to get my mother to use a password manager for probably four to five years now. Good luck. Good luck. I'm really fighting the good fight out mm -hmm. there for a password I, manager. Joanna. Same, same I'm here. Trying. I won't disclose on this podcast where she keeps them, but know that it's so bad that I can't. Yeah, probably like it's like her wallpaper on her phone. It's just bad. It's it's really not. <laughs> she like holds up her phone. She's like, here's my password. So I never forget them. <laughs> uh, someday, someday. <laughs> I'm going to, I think I'm going to get there one. I think what I'm going to do, honestly, is just do it for her. Yes, that's what you have to do. That's it. I'll just do it. And then she will be very upset because it will be very yep. confusing at first. And then just like every other thing that I've been right about technology wise, she'll come around. Totally. Totally. Okay. So I think that that would, that there's great fodder for that there. Do you know your astrological sign and do you care? I do know it, but I don't care. I'm a Sagittarius, but I don't care. Like I don't okay. seek out my horoscope. Is there anything along those lines that you do seek out? Whether it's like a personality test that you that really resonated with you or anything like that? No. Okay. Nothing guides you. You are guided only by your inner truth. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not, I mean, no, like I don't meditate and I don't like, I mean, I should meditate. The closest I come to meditating is like taking the like Peloton or fitness plus stretching classes where they're like at the end, yeah. they're like, now take a moment and breathe. And so that's yeah. like, that's my meditation. I mean, I'm always like interested if I see like, you know, when we used to go to the airport and you would see like, you know, on those screens, sometimes they'd have like your horoscopes up on like the bottom mm -hmm. of the TV or something. Yeah or in elevators sometimes, you know, those like yep. screens. Yeah. I would like look and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that, that makes sense. Huh, but I don't seek it out. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. Or like fortune cookies. Like I like seeing what's said in there, but like, I'm not like, oh, I will take this and use it to guide my next chapter of my life. Totally. It's sort of a nice prompt, a fortune cookie sometimes. You know, I don't yeah. necessarily think that it's predicting anything, but I like to think, ooh, how how could this apply? How does this apply? Totally. It's fun. You know, I mean, 
Yeah, we like all like to seek out, you know, other opinions and reinforcement around certain things. And sometimes like if it comes in that sort of very random way, we think, oh, this must be a sign. And I I believe in that kind of stuff. Totally. I also just sort of like to see how creative the people that coded our simulation are. So Mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, like, oh, nice. Totally. (laughs) Good one. Totally. (laughs) What about ghosts? Do you believe in ghosts? Only like after I watch a movie about ghosts and then like I forget about it. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's probably the what's it called if I hear something mm-hmm. move and but then I forget about it. And I also don't really love scary movies. Like I'm not gonna seek out a scary movie. So right. I just don't know a lot about ghosts. Like I know that there is a lot to know about ghosts, but I just yeah. don't know about it. Yeah. I get very scared after all scary movies, so I watch them very, very rarely. And I cannot absolutely under any circumstances and never would watch one alone. Yeah. There's no world. There's absolutely, like, I'm freaked out. I'm sitting here thinking about it. I don't even want to think about it. Doing it alone. I couldn't do it. I don't even, like, know a scary movie to, like, go off the top of my head, like a title. Mm. I have a couple that are burned into my brain because I've been forced to watch them. So I can help you out there. But I have to watch them with friends. And then I have to also be sleeping in a house with other people. Ideally near near to said people. Yeah. Because it scares me. I'm with you. And I found that I watched a horror movie with friends who live in a high rise in Manhattan. And I felt the safest I'd ever felt because I was like, a ghost is not going to get into this amenities building on the Upper West Side. (laughs) I was like, we're very high up. I don't know why that was my logic, but I was just like, no, nothing can happen to me. I'm like the 34th floor or whatever. (laughs) But can't ghosts fly? You know what? We just watched uh, Jordan Peele's movie Us, which is a little bit more like home invadery vibes. Mm -hmm. And I think I was like, no one's going to come up. But I was very high up. So I felt safe. I understand that. It's like the elevator system. Like there's like... Yeah, there's a doorman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like, I don't know if it's one of those buildings where you have to like put in your number downstairs and then like go up, you know, find your matching elevator. No, it's more of a make eye contact with the doorman or walk in with the confidence of someone who lives there. Yeah. That's my move. Yeah. People are like, oh, you downstairs. I'm like, I'm on. I got this. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Totally. (laughs) Between my like baseball cap and my stride, like I'm getting into the building, folks. (laughs) I was at a doctor's office in New York yesterday, similar kind of thing. Like, you know, you go into the building and then like, they're like, oh yeah, you can go on up and you can't do that anymore because there's a million plexiglass barricades. So you have to like announce yourself. Oh, that's really going to cramp my style. Yeah. You need your temperature (laughs) taken. I'm going to have to be, uh, leave more on time, I guess. Yeah. Give a buffer. Joanna, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Okay, are you ready? Yeah, I'm a little nervous. Oh. You're nervous? Why? I feel like I have to say something funny. You the really don't. <laughs> okay, if I told you that this episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by a company called Main Street, what would you think that they did? <laughs> what do I think Main Street would do? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anytime I hear something with street, I'm thinking like Wall Street or finance Ooh. or something. Mom and pop businesses. The town I live in has a Main Street. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's MainStreet.com if that helps. That helps a lot. Yeah. (laughs) It's better than (laughs) backalley.com. 
<laughs> do you want to know what they do? I do, desperately. So Main Street helps venture-backed startups uncover tax credits they've never heard of in 20 minutes. That's incredible. Oh, so I was right with the finance thing. Oh my God, I see their ads on Twitter. How is anyone supposed to know where these tax credits are? A lot of the credits that they uncover are actually kind of obscure and not well-known by most CPAs. So even if you like have a CPA, it's still good to use Main Street. I have a call right after this with our head of biz ops. In all seriousness, if you're about to talk to your biz ops person, you should DM them the link. Mainstreet.com slash me. Yes. Ooh. I'm going to right now. Can you hear my keyboard? You should. It's I. If I had a startup, I would use them immediately. It seems like a no-brainer. And we're back with Joanna Stern from the Wall Street Journal. Joanna, we have come to a very exciting moment in the non-technical episode. The lightning round has arrived. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Are you ready? I will try to be. So the lightning round is basically exactly the same as the rest of the podcast, except the questions are shorter. And I feel like I say them faster, but I, I actually don't know that I do. So, But I should answer yeah. them quicker. Sure. I don't really okay. care. <laughs> 2x speed. It's like, Whatever you should just you tell your listeners to put on 2x speed at this point. Yes. <laughs> okay, perfect. Okay, so first question for you is coffee or tea? Coffee. And how do you take it? I very much like lattes, but if mm-hmm. I'm not, if it's just coffee, a little bit of milk. Whole milk? No, almond milk or soy milk mm-hmm. or oat milk mm-hmm. or coconut milk or any other non-dairy Anything milk. Anything other than non-dairy. Okay, all right, good to know. I, I mean, I can have it, but I don't like it. God, it's like so my preference. I really prefer it. iOS or Android? iOS is what I use most of the time, um, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of things I really love about Android, but I would go iOS. What is your favorite board game? Monopoly? Really? Me too. People yeah. hate it. Because it's boring. Yeah, I've always been riveted by Monopoly. Yeah, there's just like a lot to do. You know, you're not yeah, like moving things around. You're like building things and like putting things and reaching across the board. And it's a very active mm-hmm. board game. And and I think importantly, you can be thinking and strategizing when it's not your turn. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to just wait until your turn for something interesting to happen. Like you can think ahead. You can think like, okay, what are the different scenarios? I'm a lot of fun to play games with, as you can tell. I see. Very yeah, true. I bet. I mean, I knew that before you even said that, but I, yeah. <laughs> tell me if you care about this or not. Maybe you don't. When you make a bed... Top sheet or no top sheet? Do I put it on or do I sleep with it? Oh, are the answers different? Do you mean you put on the fitted sheet, you put on the top sheet, then you put on some... Yeah. In my house, we have a duvet cover or Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. So I put on the top sheet, but I don't usually sleep with the top sheet. Depends. Interesting. Yeah. So what is it there for? Just like another fitted sheet bottom. You know, it took me until I was, I think, I think 23 to learn that some people don't use a top sheet. And they just have the fitted sheet and then just something on top. Yeah. I guess I didn't really realize that was an option, but... People do that by choice. And then I always wonder, where do you put the top sheet? Do you just have a drawer at your home with like a bunch of random top sheets? Like, I don't understand. It always comes as a set. So like... In what world are they selling this as a set and you are not supposed to make the bed with a top sheet? No, you're supposed to use the top sheet. I mean, I would say like it's kind of 50... Like sometimes I do go under the top sheet, sometimes not. It's like probably like a weather thing. Like if I'm hot or cold, you know? Really? Yeah. Hmm. Wow. That's fascinating. So you and I are fully aligned on this, which I think is good because it's nice that we have, we have levels and layers. We've got our dishwasher Mm -hmm. stance, which is different, but I think there's a mutual respect there. Whereas top sheet, I think you and I are fully in lockstep. Same, same. Okay. Have you ever read a book twice? Probably, but like, I don't know that like. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) It must've been really memorable. (laughs) I'm just like thinking about the books that I have. And I'm like, I think I've probably read that twice. Yeah. 
I know this is the worst answer. I, no, I have. No, read that's a not the worst. Any answer is a good answer. I was just curious. Yeah. Like a pump up song. I used to really like to run to the song Fighter by Christina Aguilera. Mm hmm. That was a pretty good pump-up song. Really still love Third Eye Blind. Like, they're, like, sure. one of my favorite bands of all time. And so I will always, like, listen to that album yeah. if I, like, want to be in a good mood or need something just to, like, be in the background that I just like listening to. Totally. Are you from New Jersey originally? Yes. Okay. That's because that's, like, an East Coast band to like For sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As someone from Connecticut, I'm like, yeah, okay. She's from the East Coast. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. So Third Eye Blind. Okay, love that. Uh, and then my final question for you is, what would you title your memoir? Oh, I had a good one. What was it? Oh, I had a good one for you, but I it, it's actually a good oh. one for me, but it's, it would make more okay. sense for you. It's like, turns out I'm gay. <laughs> but, I like, love that. It really works well for you, but I don't think you're gay. But right. but for me, I thought it was a good title. So maybe I just need to change my last name to gay. Turns out I'm gay. Yeah. I love that title. That it would be such a fun read. And then I was also thinking like, when all else fails, reboot. Because I feel like that's basically yeah. my entire life of technology advice is like, just did you try rebooting? Did you try yeah. unplugging and replugging? <laughs> it's basically what I do all the time. 100%. I like either of those. Okay. If there's a way to, I was just trying to think if there was a way to combine them at all, but I think, you know what? Maybe you could write two books. You've already I could. written a book, I believe. Uh, I haven't. Book? Children's book? I, I did a, like a project where I like wrote a children's book, but like it okay. wasn't actually published. But yeah, I mean, yeah. everyone keeps saying I need to write a book, but I'm like, so what should the topic be? Like, please tell me. Like I hear from all these agents, like, oh, we should love to work with you on writing a yes. book. I'm like, Okay, what's it about? Tell me what it's about. They're like, oh, no, no, you come up with the idea. Like, <laughs> well, now we have two different paths. Turns out I'm gay, which yep. is an would be an incredible book, which mm -hmm. I think would fly off the shelves. And then, by the way, by the way, we can then turn that into the movie and yes. then we can get nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. I just feel like there's a lot happening. Why are you future. not my agent? <laughs> That's a great question. No, I want to help you write the movie, though, for sure. Yeah, I think, like, reboot it, it, it is another mm -hmm. amazing... That could be, I like... I feel like it's kind of cliche. I feel like somebody's written it. You think so? But what... But, uh, like, stories from your time in the earlier days of... Mm -hmm. When you were first reporting, all that stuff. I feel like that's interesting. Yeah. Although, like, turns out I'm gay. I love the title, but, like, I really wish my last name was gay. I also, at, at the Wall Street Journal, we have a wonderful, and he's a friend of mine, wonderful sports columnist and humor columnist named Jason Gay. <gasps> Are you guys Another related? One. No, not that yeah. I know of, but I really love meeting people with the last name of gay because it is a very, it's a unique experience. Yeah, I'm sure he could take this book title or I could <gasps> is somehow. Damn. See, I don't think either of us can do that. No, you can't. I, you know, it doesn't feel like it's mine. It's true. To take. God, I got to marry one of you guys and then yeah. get the last name. Okay. Although my last name is like hyphenated, so I would probably wouldn't even take it. What, so maybe it'd be a third hyphen. Yeah. <laughs> I always assume that when I I'll hyphenate my name because I like having the one syllable last name and I think it'll sound nice hyphenated with somebody else. Yeah, I think so too. There's so many funny things to say about if you need married somebody and then what that would be. But yeah. Oh, I know. No, my college boyfriend's last name was Whiteman. So yeah. if we had gotten married, I would have been Alex's gay white man. Perfect. Great. Just the so perfect representation of America. <laughs> 
my gosh, Joanna, thank you so much for joining me. This That's has been it. So much I'm, fun. I'm yeah. on the edge of my seat for more tough questions. Wow. Okay. Tough. <laughs> Joanna, where can people find more about you online? On every social media platform, including Clubhouse, it's Joanna Stern. Wow. So Instagram, Twitter, nice. mm-hmm. Facebook, <laughs> LinkedIn, TikTok. My Gmail is not that, but okay. I don't think anyone needs to connect with me on Google+. No, Plus. They're, they're just going to come directly to your house to view your cord collection. Right. They we'll are, skip, yeah, skip yes. the email. Who needs it? Perfect. Awesome. Yes, check out Joanna's Instagram, especially for, I think, some dope pics of your cute little dog. And you can find all of her articles and videos on Twitter and everywhere. And I enjoy them. And I think everybody will as well. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at yayalexisgay or on Twitter at nontechnicalpod. Joanna, once again, what a treat. Thank you so much. Thank you for asking me to do this. It's a great show. Yay! Oh boy, I have a review to read. This one comes from BSA728748. Five stars. Love this podcast. Great questions and interviews. Really funny. It's fantastic. (laughs) Alexis is a great interviewer and the whole thing is excellent. Highly recommend. I feel silly reading these out loud sometimes. Anyway, thank you, BSA728748, for the review. And if you want to hear me read your review on the next episode, go ahead and hop on over to iTunes, leave me a little review, toss some corpse speak in there, a little tech lingo, and maybe you'll hear it on the pod. Until next time, have a great day.